What's up, friends? Listen, are you guys looking for the most comfy, cozy, quarantine getup? Then you need to go check out the brand Made by Living Co. Made by Living Co. is a Southern California-based creative clothing collective. It is affordable, trendy, and the quality is unmatched in all of their handmade products. They have the cutest tie-dye socks, tanks, and I personally have been living in their sweats from their limited edition sweat set box, which also comes with the cutest goodies inside. They use premium, non-toxic, made-to-last dye to make all of your tie-dye dreams come true. In addition, they've made name brand tie-dye items as well as hand-embroidered tanks and original unique designs. And the best part of all is that I have partnered with Made by Live to bring you all an exclusive offer. Click the link in the description or head over to madebyliveandco.com and use code MADSOUL15 to receive 15% off your entire order. You can contact them via Instagram at madebyliveandco for all of your custom order requests. And of course, go give them a follow, support this sweet small business, and add some comfort and style to your summer wardrobe. Hey friends, and welcome back to Mad Soul Podcast. I am so excited that you guys are back for another episode. I do want to give a little disclaimer that some of the audio might sound a little bit muffled, but I promise you the quality of the content and the wisdom was just too good for me not to share with you guys. Today on the podcast, I have a good friend of mine. He's bold and he lives life to the fullest. His heart after Jesus is so evident in the way that he lives his life. Please welcome to the podcast, Mason Ramboros. Hey, Mason. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Maddie? Pretty good. I'm so excited um, for our conversation today. And uh, why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am currently 23 years old. Um, I live in Portland, Connecticut. I'm getting my master's degree in Christian apologetics. Um, I currently have a ACE uh, personal training license, so I do that on the side. Um, I have three younger brothers. Um, yeah, pretty big family. Uh, I like I like playing guitar, um, and I like wrestling. Nice, nice. So. Um... I had asked Mason to come on and just share his heart um, with you guys today because Mason is somebody who just has a very um, bold presence as far as the way he lives out his life and things like that. So because you're such a people person, Mason, I've been asking um, our guests, what's one important lesson that you've learned or are learning during this quarantine? How are you doing with that? Um, I've been learning a lot of things. Um I think one of the big things is because I'm living at home, it's patience, um, especially mm-hmm. with my brothers, um, you know, my mom and dad. It definitely becomes a little uh, overwhelming at times. Um, and I typically think of myself as someone with a lot of patience, but I quickly learned that that's not the case when I'm living at home. So, yeah, that's definitely probably the highlight of the quarantine. Yeah, I can I can relate from that to being a part of a big family with lots of personalities. You think that you're doing pretty good and then all of a sudden you're like, nope, we're going to learn how to be even more patient. So, yeah, I, I heard somebody say one time to me, never pray for patience. And um, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You can take that how you'd like. 
Awesome. Well, Mason, I know that you have an incredible story. And so I would just love for you to share a little bit about you and a little bit um, about your story with our listeners. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a Christian home. Um, it was, you know, it, I think it was kind of a, a cultural Christianity. It was like more casual um, where, you know, mm-hmm. you go to church on Sunday. Um, we would have a Bible study every here and there, you know, nothing too structural. Um, my relationship with God was pretty much limited to asking for academic success and then to do well in my wrestling matches. So it was really just mm-hmm. kind of a, a flimsy relationship. It wasn't really anything where I was actually seeking God. I wasn't reading the Bible. I just kind of wanted him to to help me out, um, you know, and, I, and in return, I would go to church, you know, something like that. And I think right. that foundation was was quickly destroyed when I went into college. Um, I got my undergrad in biology, so I think a combination of the flimsy foundation, um, the overwhelming bias in the sciences, and just kind of living a college life, I quickly adopted atheism in my freshman year, um, and that continued well into my junior year, or, or wow. I would say, I would, yeah, I would say the, the summer before my junior year. Um, so, so from there, I remember being, you know, obviously a, a college student, um, I wrestled in college, and very easy to get swept up in the party life and the athletics, you know, um, I'm sure a lot of college students can relate. Um, so you quickly lose your identity. You quickly lose, um, your sense of self. And I just remember thinking, you know, what happened to me? You know, I kind of just blended into the the college kid, you know, I smoked a lot of weed, you know, I, uh, I partied a lot and I kind of just blended into every, every other college kid. And I lost, I lost myself along the way. So I remember, you know, kind of asking that question, and turning to religion as a, you know, the, the question of, of trying to find something beyond myself, trying to find something beyond the physical. Um, even though I was an atheist, there's still something in deep within me that knew that there had to be something more. So I did a lot of research into world religions. Um, and kind of in the back of my head, I knew Christianity was, a, was it's probably the world's biggest uh, religion. And with my mom being a devout Christian, I was kind of reluctant to do the research on that one. I adopted a, a Buddhist mindset for a little bit. You know, I tried meditating. I tried all that stuff. Um, but what ultimately changed me was looking into the historical evidence for Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And I think once I realized that it's all based in, in history, there's a ton of evidence to support it, um, and just a whole plethora of other facts that surround the Christian faith, I eventually kind of you know reluctantly folded. Um, I remember one night right. got, on, got on my knees and just – you know, ask Jesus for a relationship. I'm like, if you're real, as history says you are, um, and if you're still alive, because, you know, Christianity claims that you rose again, and then ascended to the right hand of God, if that's true, Jesus, I want to do this. Um, And then ever since that moment, he started speaking to me. And it's been the craziest, the craziest chapter of my life, um, relationship with Jesus. And it's just become more and more and more um, apparent to me that he is the only way to God. He is the the one and true creator. Um, and yeah, I mean, wow. I would not be the same if it wasn't for that little journey. If you're an athlete, a student, work a full-time job, or a dancer like me, and you're looking for a healthier alternative to getting that midday energy boost, Verb Energy is a 90-calorie organic green tea bar that provides lasting energy without the coffee shakes. They use exclusively gluten-free vegan ingredients that you could find in your own kitchen. 
If you're constantly traveling or on the move like me, Verb Bars are small enough to stash in your pocket or in your bag for energy on the go. What's super exciting is I have a special offer just for my listeners. I'm sending all of you four free bars in a variety of flavors. Vanilla latte is my personal fave. And all you have to do is cover the shipping. So to support my podcast for just 95 cents to cover shipping, go ahead and click the personalized link in the description below or head over to our Instagram at Podcast for the link in the bio. You will get four free different flavored bars. And these delicious, healthy bars will leave you feeling ready to tackle the day no matter what is in store. Wow, that's, I mean, that is just incredible. And I'm sure that there are so many other people who have walked the walk that you you did and are maybe even currently in that situation. So um, how, how incredible that you have that testimony that you can use and... If I know anything about you, I know that you like to dig deep into whatever it is that you're <laughs> researching or looking into. And so the fact that um, you sort of dug until you got to a place where you simply had to surrender, um, I think that's I think that's sort of a step that a lot of people, maybe they're at that step right now where it's like that last little um, just kind of let go and, and give it to God. Were there times in your life like where um, – like, I guess, what what was that step for you? When was that moment where you had to, like, put, you know, put the history, put the history books down and stop um, searching in science, even though you did those things and, and you did prove that right. um, that Jesus Christ existed? Like, when did you have to just put all of that down and simply surrender? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I think um, this reminds me of a popular Christian apologist. His name is Frank Turek. Um, and he brings up this point that there's a difference between belief that and belief in. Um, mm. There came to a point where I had belief that Jesus was the Son of God based on history, based on all that stuff. Um, but again, I think it was the end of my summer going into my junior year when I decided to put my belief in Jesus Christ. And that's kind of the idea of, you know, again, like you said, putting the history books down, putting all that stuff in because again, it's not just simply knowledge of him being the son of God. It's actually trusting in him as your savior. And that's where the faith piece comes in. And that's what I think is the biggest hurdle for most people. Um, Because at the end of the day, you can show somebody all the facts, myself included. But if the heart is not ready, if you're too stubborn, too prideful, um, which I was during that journey, um, there came a point where I'm like, the facts persuaded me to a place where, okay, I need to humble myself. And because if this, if this is the, the God of, of creation, then who am I to say, oh, I'm not ready for you or, oh, I'm, you know, keep keeping that wall up. Um, so I, there was a big distinction. Um, um, honestly, right. the hardest part was that, that getting to a knee and just kind of submitting myself. Wow. Yeah, that is um, incredible. And people are people need to hear that and people need to know that. Um, that they can take that next step, whether they're, they're scared or they're unsure. And, and how did, as you went along through that journey of um, sort of surrender and coming to know the Lord, how did relationships play a role in, in coming to know God? Um, yeah. So at first um, my relationship with God was very, um, was very private. Um, you got to remember, you know, I was my junior year. Um, I actually just got a house with a couple of my other wrestling friends. Um, so we were, okay. we were still throwing parties. We were still doing everything that a college student does, but kind of in my private right. life, I was, I was seeking Jesus. I was looking for 
you know, relationship with, with my creator. And I, at first it was very difficult to, you know, wake up Sunday morning, putting my, you know, church clothes on and walking out the door. And my boys are still downstairs. Like, like, what are you doing, bro? Like, where, where are you going? And I'm like, Oh, you know, going to, right. going to church, you know, all bashful and, and kind of shy about it. Um, yeah. So it was, it was definitely difficult at first, I think, because I was alone in the sense of there was no other, um, you know, people that I had support from. It was just pretty much me and Jesus. Um, yeah. But I think after a long time, I, I got plugged into a church. I got plugged into a small group. I kind of, I found people because I knew I needed that support. Um, right. And actually, it's funny because when I first started this journey, um, when I went to a, a church called Black Rock, it's in Fairfield, Connecticut. Um, I went to the kiosk in the, you know, in the atrium there and I uh, went to get plugged into a men's small group. And I saw that the only one that met that I could make was on 6 a.m. on Wednesday morning. So I'm like, oh my gosh, the Lord's like, how, like, how bad do you want this? You know? And I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> I guess, you know, I'll try it. Um, and I remember the right. first morning I got up and I went there and it turned out to be all 60 year old plus men. <laughs> So I was completely, um, uh, they see this 20 year old kid walking in and like, what the, they're like, oh, you know, they were, they were, you know, so kind, so welcoming, but they were just shocked to see someone of my age. And I was shocked right. to see, uh, you know, men of their age. I was like, oh, I thought this was way different. Um, but it turned out that that I, I met, I think I went to like four or five meetings, um, for about a month. Um, and just in those small, you know, hour, hour and a half, you know, uh, Bible studies and prayer. I was filled with so much wisdom that still propels me today. Um, so I think a, wow. a big thing was those relationships, early relationships, not even with kids my age. It was just people who were wise in the knowledge of God, wise in the relationship with Christ that yeah. that helped me become strong um, and helped me shepherd other people to Jesus in my college days, right. um, which now I have a, a core group of friends now who saw that I was changing, wanted to wanted what I had. and Right. Jumped on the journey with me. And it, it was just amazing to see how God really used other people to kind of build that foundation in me and then allowed me to right. be that person to other people, if that makes sense. That's, I mean, yeah, that's amazing. And, and that's so evident in your life, Mason. I mean, um, I think that when you, when you're coming from a background of sin and you're coming from a background of, of having that sort of, um, bitterness and that, that, wall that you have put yourself up you know put that wall mm -hmm. up that we are called to have a community around us who are supporting us and who are building us up um and keeping us accountable and what I really love that you said that you know you said how bad do I want it and sometimes the Lord is going to put those things in front of us and he's like listen I'm here and I'm ready for you but how bad do you want it and how cool um that you get to look back and you get to see that and it, and it, like I said, it's just so evident the way that, you know, I'm in, I'm actually in Mason's small group. And so the way he, he leads our group is, is really incredible. And it makes so much sense when you say that, you know, you sought out those wise counsels and it really does make, make an impact. And so, um, that's, that's really awesome that you were, that you were wise enough yourself to, to seek that out. Um, so because of, you know, your newfound faith and, your new uh, love for God and your decision to follow after him. Did you ever have uh, moments where you disagreed or maybe you even disappointed people that were close to you that were important to you? How, how did you handle that? Um, yeah, that was, that was another huge part about it. Um, you know, because you got to imagine my friends were seeing, were seeing this change 
um, and they were just dumbfounded by it. And I had a couple of friends who were stubborn atheists, um, stubborn agnostics. You know, they just kind of refused to subscribe to one religion. And, and for some reason, Christianity just seems to, to be a thorn in their side. Um, I remember talking with them. And again, I was emotional, you know, at this point because I was, I was deeply invested in this because once I realized that it was true, I'm like, then this, this is, you know, Jesus causes the treasure in, hidden in the field um, or the pearl. Right. You know, you, you pretty much sell everything to, to get the treasure because you realize how valuable it is. Um, so I would find myself in debates where I would get very emotional um, and angry because people would mock. It would be less argument, argumentative, you know, um, statements and more just mockery and stuff like that. And right. I had to, it took me a while and God really, really stressed me to learn it was to, to kind of detach myself emotionally from the arguments and be able to put forth, um, you know, arguments for the faith you know, arguments, defending the history of it without being emotionally tied to it which allowed, uh, wow. allowed me to have really constructive conversation because I could look past all the, you know, the mocking and, the and all the names and you know, all this stuff um, because then I'd be like, okay, well, you're haha, you're funny, but let's go back to the main point. Like what you actually didn't really refute what I was saying. And I think being able to um, just being able to be strong enough to engage in those conversations allowed for constructive growth on both ends of the, the conversation. Um, Right. You know, they were able to see like, wow, actually that makes sense. Instead of me kind of losing my cool and just like giving up on the conversation. Um, and then the other way around, you know, uh, me being respectful in my um, rebuttals allowed them to grow in the conversation. Um, and, and this is just so important for witnessing and for sharing our faith because there are people who have had bad experiences um and that they conflate with Jesus and that they conflate with the Christian faith. And we can't blame them. I've had them myself. Um, so right. it's just, it's just important to, to really engage in the person um, with empathy, um, allow them to see the facts, but not in a way that it's proving they're wrong. It's in a way that right. it's trying to open their eyes to the light. Um, so there's a dip, you know, it, you kind of have to abandon your desire to be right and more embrace the desire for them to see the truth, if that makes sense. That's, yeah, so good, so wise. And I, I, I definitely think that there's been times, I know even in my life, where we do have that sort of that passion and that fire inside of us to, to tell people about God and, and to tell people that um, it's, not, it's not my belief that I'm, that I'm putting on you, but it's simply my relationship with my creator, who's also your creator, who I want you to have a relationship with. So it, it's such a fine line. And I know from you coming from, you know, being an atheist and that background, you you can feel, you know, how you felt when Christians would try to come and talk to yeah, you about it. Sure. So I'm sure that gives you um, also a sense of like, okay, how do you, how do you approach people? Because again, you're not trying to shove Jesus down people's throats, right? right, right. But there is, there is this side of like, okay, when the Lord wants to do something in your life, you are going to feel those convictions and people are, are going to have times where they don't want to hear it because deep down, maybe they're, they're already wrestling with the idea of it. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think exactly what you said, just abandoning that idea of being right and instead just deciding, you know what, I'm going to love this person. I'm going to meet them where they're at. And, um, 
and hopefully through my actions of loving people, people would see see Jesus in right. me. And that's right. I know that's something that we've had lots of conversations about and we've been um, kind of working through and thinking about too. And so in, in today's day and age, what are some of the biggest tips, the biggest ways that that you think that we can do that? How, how do we, how do we fully just love God and love people as, as we've been um, commanded to do? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, not answered in, you know, 10 minutes at all. Um, right. I, I think there's a ton of experience that goes with it, but what comes to mind, um, I don't want to get too nerdy and the- theological on you, but, um, what comes to mind <laughs> is, um, Moses in the desert when all the Israelites were getting attacked by snakes and the Lord told Moses to make a, um, a brazen serpent, like a bronze, like kind of like an Mm -hmm. idol. Um, and he said, lift it up and everyone getting attacked by the snakes, whoever looks on it will be protected and won't be killed by the snakes. Um, and then Mm -hmm. Jesus in the gospel of John says that just as that brazen serpent was lifted up and people were saved, so is the son of God to be lifted up and looked upon and everyone will be saved. So that kind of that idea of no matter what's going on around you, you stay focused on Jesus and you know, you'll stay. And I think that I I like to take that approach to um, engaging with people and um, in, in kind of allowing any type of outlying, um, you know, whether it be political ideologies, whether it be personal bias, you know, opinions whatever it is um kind of allowing those like if those are the the snakes biting my feet staying focused on jesus and the gospel um because we know all human conflict all human pain and suffering everything that causes issue in this life is because of sin um and jesus is the answer to that sin so again it really doesn't matter what the, the um you know the surrounding um i guess uh thought goes behind the the issues it's really just what's the cure to the issue and that's jesus so right. i i really stress and and really focus on just stay looking on jesus in the midst of conversations in the midst of insults in the midst of whatever i just try to stay focused on who jesus is how i can better reflect him and honestly that cliche what would jesus do um <laughs> I'm finding it more and more meaningful as I grow because it really is like, okay, Jesus, how would you answer this? Because I know how Mason would answer this and it would not end well. (laughs) Um, It's not going to be pretty. Exactly. I might get physical. Um, So, (laughs) so I, uh, again, I just think about that brazen serpent analogy and just no matter what's going on, no matter what snakes are biting at your feet, just stay focused on him and his character. um, And that should be your guide. Absolutely. Absolutely. And oh, there's so much packed into that. And I, I think that that's a lot of the times what we have to do in general, just in life. I mean, for you coming out of a lifestyle like that, to have to resist temptations of, of partying and, um, you know, doing, living the lifestyle that you were before, that's another probably example for you. Like, okay, people might ask like, well, don't you miss out on like, like the party life isn't your life boring now isn't it just like a bunch of rules following god like how, how would you how would you answer those people when as you were just talking about no i have to keep my eyes on jesus how does that when you are focusing on on god's character and who god is how does that change 
um, the way that you live your life and the way that you resist those old ways that you live? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I you you might get annoyed with me, but I love analogies. I think it's a great way. <laughs> no, go for it. Go. <laughs> so for I got it. another analogy. You guys have to bear with me. Um, so <laughs> I mean, yeah, especially beginning my walk, it was difficult. I mean, I was still partying. Don't get me wrong. I was still partying when I was seeking Jesus, even I had a re- relationship with him. With the, with the knowledge mm. in the back of my head, I'm like, Lord, I know this is not what you're calling me to live. I know you want me to leave this behind. But he's so patient. And he again, he just wants us to focus on him and relationship with him. With yeah. him. And soon all that sin kind of fell off. And I related to this yep. analogy between Diet Coke and Coke, you know, regular Coca-Cola. Um, okay. I, the life I lived and the life you live apart from relationship with God is that Diet Coke. You know, and like, it's good. Diet Coke's fine. Like, you know, you could be sweaty on a hot day. You know, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna be mad if someone throws you a cold Diet Coke. You know, like it's refreshing, right. it's good, but totally. it's zero calorie, it's empty, it's fake sweetener. Um, it's not the real thing. So we can live our life partying. We can live our life, you know, chasing girls. You can live your life getting money. Um, even noble things. You know, building a family, all this stuff. But everything, everything is just a um a slight um. I don't, I'm trying to find the right word, a slight kind of like copy, a slight um, replica um, right. of the real thing. And the real thing, what we desire gotcha. is relationship with God, which is the Coca-Cola. And when you have Coca-Cola, you don't want the Diet Coke again. You know, you, hmm. you it's full, it's real calories. It's real sweetener. It's the, it's the real deal. And when you start drinking the Coca-Cola and when you start drinking more of it um, and you start, you know, appreciating how good it is, you look back on that Diet Coke, and even when the Diet Coke is thrown your way, you're like, I, I don't want this anymore. Um, I've, had the, yeah. I've had the real deal stuff. It tastes so much better, and that's all I want. And so kind of in the same way as relationship with God um, versus a life without him. Sweet relief with Coca-Cola. <laughs> that yes. could be a great ad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and what a great visual for people too because it, it is so true. There's such a misconception with – with living a life that is honoring and pleasing to God. And and a lot of times you feel like you actually remove sort of the the excitement of life when you surrender, but instead it's the complete opposite. It's freedom that you walk in. It's a sense of fulfillment in your life, yeah. enjoying your life, regardless of what's going yeah. on around you. And so I, I can't stress that point enough um, and, and stress everything that you just said in the last um, <clears throat> 30 seconds, because seriously, like we, we are called to greater things. And I had a mentor who would say to us, like, you, you can live a good life. I have no doubt that if, if you don't know God and, and um, you are going through life and you get married and you find a great guy and you have a great job and you have a great family, like you can have that, you know, that good, solid life. But if you want your life to be extraordinary, if you want it to be, take that next step, if you want um, the blessings that God has for you and has planned for you, like if you want to take it to that next, that next level and take it up a notch, you have to, you have to kneel before the King and you have to give it up to God. And Mm so um, you're, you're a prime example of how God is, has kind of broken and chipped out away at your edges. And, um, I'm just I'm grateful to be able to to know you to know your story. I'm I'm so thankful that you're an awesome leader um, to to me to the group of friends that we have. So, 
thank you so much um, just for for sharing your heart in that way and and really allowing God to use you because um, he's going to use you in, in mighty, mighty ways. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> again, like I know this is the cliche Christian thing to say, but he really has changed me. You know, like it's not mm-hmm. nothing I did. I, all I did was ask him into my life and he he did what he does. Um, he just changed me from the inside out, which is the most powerful thing um any anything any any person any being could do um i saw i saw a quote and it it was pretty much talking about how kings set up their dominion on earth and over people kind of imposing their will on people but jesus sets up his kingdom in the heart of man where no king can go and i think Mm. that is just so true and so powerful so the god we serve he will change mankind if you let him and I mean, I can't see a, a more, you know, important time where we need Jesus to change our hearts, you know, and, yep. and that's only something that he can do. Yeah, it's, it starts with our hearts for sure. Yeah, all of that. So, so powerful. Um, and and I'm, I'm grateful for the promise that we do have and the comfort that we can find in God during this time. So, um, so ditto and echo everything <laughs> that you have said. <laughs> Well, Mason, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for uh, sharing your heart. I think it's so necessary that people first and foremost love other people, mm. that um, we we have empathy for people, that we communicate with people um, and ask questions later. And I'm just, um, I know that there's lots of people who probably put themselves in your same shoes when it comes to disappointing other people or when it comes to just not really sure if they're able to take that next step. So to those people, I hope that you've been encouraged by, um, by this conversation and by Mason's story. And um, we just appreciate you so much for coming on. Okay, Mason, and we are actually back here a couple weeks later because your host here was very silly and totally forgot to ask our most important question. So Mason is back with us, and Mason, we just want to ask you, do you think that the food that you feed your soul matters? Um, uh, absolutely. Um, I think that's a, uh, it's a question that's not often asked i don't think um i like to think of um our diet you know we obviously have a physical diet um but we also have a spiritual diet as well and um you know i think a lot of things that we feed our our soul um we kind of take for granted um so I, I you know honestly ever becoming ever since becoming christian um i started taking a look at my spiritual diet um you know i.e what i listen to music wise what i watch tv wise you know what I read, um, who I like to listen to, like whether it be podcasts or on YouTube and stuff, um, I started to pay attention to the things that I were kind of letting have access to my brain. Um, and I noticed, um, I think the biggest thing was switching up my music. Um, I used to like a lot of rap music, um, kind of, you know, aggressive, um, you know, violent stuff like that, talking about drugs, talking about all that, you know, kind of gang life. Um, and I noticed how when I switched over to more, you know, worship, uplifting music, I just noticed my general mood just switched up real quick. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember talking to my friends about this and um, they noticed it as well in themselves. I'm like, hey, listen, man, like just do it for a week. Watch what happens. And a lot yeah. of them saw it, saw a change. Um, you know, so I, absolutely. I think it's very important. Um, and I think we take it for granted. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what a what a solid way to just constantly remind you know remind each other, remind ourselves that it 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 does matter what we are listening to, what we're watching, what we're taking in. And so, um, yeah, could not agree more. Well, Mason, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know that so many people are going to be affected by this episode. So thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Maddie. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. You guys, I am so grateful that you tuned in and tagged along for our conversation today. Listen, if you're someone like Mason who battled with the idea of God and the existence of God, I hope that you will just continue seeking truth and continue wrestling with these big questions because I know that there's an amazing plan for each and every one of your lives. I just want to thank you all for the continual support of me and my podcast. If you guys want to follow me on social media, my Instagram is at Maddie DeSalvatore, and please go ahead and follow the podcast at Mad Soul Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to help grow our community of Mad Soul listeners. And of course, until next time, go feed your soul with the things that ignite the passion, purpose, and plan you were created for. I will see you soon, friends.